Welcome to the podcast of FirstMen.Church, your on-demand worship community, ready for you whenever and wherever you are. If you'd like to tune in to the full worship experience, you can go to our website, FirstMen.Church. And now, here's a message from our pastor, Ethan Lumen. My sophomore year of high school was March, uh, Friday night, and I'd gone to bed pretty early because I had a forensics meet the next morning, and and uh, I remember my dad coming in late that night and, and turning the lights on in my bedroom and, and, and speaking to me. He said, Ethan, there's been an accident and uh, three of your classmates have died. And I remembered I, had just, I hadn't even opened my eyes yet. Only my ears were hearing what was going on. And, and he said, Carrie and, and Lisa and, and Dan have died. I didn't know how to take in this information, how to, how to process it. All I did was remember getting out of bed and, and getting dressed, and, and my dad and I got in the car, and we drove to my pastor's house. I didn't have a very big class, uh, 50 kids in my class, so it was overwhelming. Three classmates of mine passed away, and we drove to my pastor's house because Dan was my pastor's son, my fellow uh, confirmation buddy, we walked through this uh, four-year process of growing in our faith and and reading the Bible and asking the pastor, his dad, questions. And it was only just a few months before that where we got confirmed, became full members of the church. And and I remember seeing his mom as she opened the door and the tears flowing. The next few days were a blur. As we, not only me and, and my pastor's family, but our whole community was shaken and, and torn over this terrible tragedy. And at times like that, you can't help but wonder if, if God can do anything, why would God do this? If God's all powerful, why couldn't you use his power to, to make things go differently? Unfortunately, there's way too many stories of tragedy. I'm, I'm sure tragedy has touched your life too, the, the loss of, of a loved one, the, the breaking down of a family, a, a natural disaster which upended your life. It seems that each and every one of us is, is touched and extremely changed by tragedy. What what is God doing? We all have these moments where we ask these questions, and, and for so many people, it becomes those dark moments where they start to question, is God real? If there's a loving God, how can he allow this bad stuff? It's in the midst of those moments of despair where we question God's power and God's love. We're not alone. I think this is a human, part of our human experience, walking through pain and trials. And in Matthew chapter 8, we encounter a man who would have been very familiar with trials and troubles, a leper. Now, we don't classify anyone these days as a leper, but, but back then that would have been a pretty serious disease to have. It was a skin disease of sorts. We don't know if it was 
boils or, or some kind of skin infection or whatever it is, but not so much the label that mattered, but what you had to do if you were a leper. You see, a leper had to be isolated from the community. A leper uh, had to be removed from his home and from his town and had to live outside the camp. I'm going to read a little bit from Leviticus chapter 13. You know, if you've ever tried to read through the whole Bible, like you get through Genesis, it's a, it's a great book. There's all, that, there's all the powerful stories. And then Exodus, there's the, the ten plagues and, and uh, the ten commandments. And, uh, and then Leviticus, it's like all a bunch of rules. So if you've ever tried to read through the whole Bible in a year, you probably got tripped up on Leviticus. But th- there's some really crazy things uh, to read there. And this is one of them in, in Leviticus chapter 13 uh, with all these rules about, about leprosy, these skin diseases. And if, if somebody has leprosy, this is what they have to do. It says, The leprous person who has the de- disease shall wear torn clothes and let the hair of his head hang loose, and he shall cover his upper lip and cry out, Unclean unclean. He shall remain unclean as long as he has the disease. He is unclean. He shall live alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp. You get the picture? It's supposed to keep his hair messy, wear disheveled clothes, look disheveled, and I don't know if you caught that. It says he's supposed to wear a cloth over his mouth. He's on quarantine. (laughs) We've never had a better picture uh, of what that leprous person had to do before this past year and a half, right? He had to live his life in quarantine. They they kicked the sick people out of town, made them hang out by themselves. So we don't know what all this man had to leave behind, but we can imagine, right? Maybe a wife, children, a career, a community. Maybe he, maybe he lost loved ones while he was having to sit outside town trying to get this skin disease to go away. We don't know exactly the details of his life. But we can just imagine how difficult it must have been. And now, in Matthew chapter 8, this is actually the first specific miracle that Jesus does. We hear earlier on that he went through all these towns doing these miraculous things, but this is the first recorded miracle. He's coming down from the Sermon on the Mount, maybe the most memorable of all of Jesus's uh, sermons or, or messages. You know, we got the Beatitudes or like, blessed are those who, and, and all those words of Jesus there. And after he gets done teaching that, everyone recognizes how great of a teacher he is, but he's got more that he's trying to demonstrate. And, uh, and he's coming down from the mountain and this leper sees him. Leper, and he comes over to him, and now this leper was taking a chance, right? And he probably had to shout, unclean, unclean, as he walked through the crowd, and everyone was parting and, and, and moving away from him. And he came, and he fell on his face before Jesus, and he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Uh, what, a, what a bold statement that is, right? He's like, if you want to, if you desire, I know that you can do it. You can do anything. And it's a statement of faith. He's not, he's not begging. He's not even really asking a question, right? He's like, God, if you want to, I know you can do it. You can make me clean. And then Jesus, <laughs> as this man falls on his face and, and, and says this to him, the first thing he does, it says there in verse 3, Jesus stretched out his hand and he touched him. Isn't that profound? That the first thing that Jesus does is he, he touches him. This man had 
deeper wounds than skin diseases. This man had a lack of community. He had a lack of people. He had a lack of love. And, and the first thing that Jesus wanted to do was, was show how much he cared. And actually by doing that, by, by touching an unclean person, he was making himself unclean. He was opening himself up to the disease that this person had. And you'll notice that before Jesus says anything or does anything, he touches him. Which means this man is still full of the disease that everyone else is trying to avoid. Jesus is not scared to reach down and touch this man. Physical touch is, is so important for us to, to know that we're, we're cared about and we have other people around us. We're physical beings, right? And, and Jesus, you know, it's interesting because Jesus came, the first words that he says in Matthew, he says this, he says, the kingdom of heaven has come near. See, Jesus' mission was to bring heaven to earth. Jesus' mission was to make God's love known here. So he draws near. He touches this man and he says this, I am willing. I want to. I desire it. He says, be clean. And immediately the man is clean. The crazy thing about this, as I was processing through, I was like, well, if Jesus wanted him to be clean, if Jesus wanted him to be healed, why did he allow him to have the disease in the first place? Right? If Jesus actually wanted him to be well, why was he sick? And now I'm sure that you've asked that question before. Maybe about an illness or, or, or something that you've been through or, or somebody else in your life. God, if you really want good things for us, if you really want you know, me to be well, why do we have to go through the bad anyway? Why must we experience these deep and painful lows if Jesus actually desires our wholeness? Jesus is actually bringing heaven to earth. What if what if Jesus has a purpose to our pain? What if Jesus has a lesson for us to learn in the leprosy and in the, in the, in the disease, in the, in the sickness, in the, in the broken relationships, in the pain in our life? You know, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, I, had, I was experiencing this terrible thing and I prayed to God three times, Lord, take it away. And God said this to him, nope, not going to take it away. Because my power is made perfect in weakness. God has a purpose to our pain. God has a reason for the things that he allows and, and brings into our lives. And so for this man with leprosy, God was willing and, and, and desiring and even able to heal him. But he waited. He waited, until, he waited until maybe this man would go back home and be thankful for the daily gifts that he has and for the people that live under his roof. And maybe God is trying to work on our hearts in the midst of the pain. He's willing and he's able to do it.
Jesus can say the word and, and it'll happen. So the next thing that happens in, in the story here in, in Matthew chapter 8, after this guy is, is healed, you'd expect Jesus to do what? Like, okay, go tell everyone you know about how awesome I am, right? That's like classic evangelism, right? Just you've got to tell everyone about all that God has done. But no, what Jesus said is, don't tell anyone. And you're like, what? Don't you want everyone to know how great you are, Jesus? Like, don't you want everyone to, like, come to you and, and, and uh, experience this radical life change? But he says, no, go, don't tell anyone. And then he says, uh, go and show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a proof to them. And that command comes out of Leviticus chapter 14, where we were just a little while ago, where uh, Moses said, you got to after you're cleansed, you've got to go to the priest and you'll, you'll offer a sacrifice and the priest will declare you clean. Like, why, why is it that Jesus wouldn't want him to tell anyone? Well, and I, I think there's a couple reasons there. And maybe the first is that God wants to demonstrate to us that, well, there's a lot of ways for, that God works. Right? He had set up this path to healing for leprosy like thousands of years ago. And, and we live in a world that God built a natural world. And, and so we're, we're always looking for miracles and solutions to our problems. And some of those solutions, well, we might not call them miracles today, but whenever we experience healing or cleanness, those are also miracles. Times where God can break through into our story. Maybe not in, in the powerful or, or these extremely big moments, but in the regular healing, in the, in the in the mundane, in the simple ways that God provides for us too. But maybe another reason is that Jesus is intentionally hiding his power for for a greater purpose. Maybe Jesus is trying to wait for a bigger reveal. Jesus came to the earth not just to touch uncleanness, not just to touch a a man with leprosy. It was a demonstration, his first demonstration of how low he was willing to go, making himself unclean so that this man could be clean. Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. And, And when he did that, he came so low as to touch death itself. Jesus came and he... He took on the fullness of humanity, which means our sin, our brokenness, our pain, our sicknesses, our tragedies, death itself. Jesus took that on willingly. And whatever Jesus touches is changed. Death itself was changed. Because when Jesus died on the cross, when they they buried him in the tomb, death was no more the winner. Jesus rose again. One of, the most, uh, it's most, one of the most verified uh, instances of Scripture, right, is Jesus rose from the dead. It's a historical fact. As you look back at history, Jesus changed everything. When he showed his power over death itself, As I think back to being 15 and, and struggling with the loss of, of three of my classmates, 
The next day, I, I remember showing up for, a, for my forensics tournament, and I, I couldn't go. I was in no place to speak, but, but my friends and I, we gathered together there, and, and some of them had a, a youth group that they went to, and, and I went along to this church, and a pastor sat with us, talked with us, and prayed with us, and and I got connected there to that to that youth group, and, and I got plugged in, and I got to, the opportunity to to be a, a leader there. And and one of the pastors at that church, he asked me <laughs> after I graduated high school a couple of years later, he said, "Have you ever thought about being a pastor?" Though I'd never thought about it. I don't know God's full plan. I, I don't know what God's plan was for that man with leprosy. And, I don't know how God's working uh, in, in your life or, and how he is fully going to use the, the, the death of, of three teenagers so long ago now in my life. But I know how God changed me through that. I know how God led me to follow him even more closely and how he led me to, to be convicted for my faith and, and my trust and, and hold fast to the belief and the hope of the resurrection. That one day, God is going to reach down and bring us all back up to him. And, and as Revelation says, he's going to wipe away every tear from our eye. God has the power to do all things. And he might be hiding it for right now in your life. He, he might be waiting for a bigger plan and a bigger purpose but you can be assured that God has the power to do anything. And he's got the power to change all the, the pain in our lives and transform it for his good and for his glory. I want to invite you to consider your story. How God might be trying to break in in the darkest and the most painful parts of your life. How God might be trying to speak peace and wholeness and healing into you. And how God's plan is not just for here and now, but forever. Through the life and death and the resurrection of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the FirstMin.Church podcast. Remember that we are an on-demand worship community ready for you whenever and wherever you are. Follow us on Instagram or Facebook or head to our website for more ways to connect and serve. All at FirstMin.Church. Thanks and catch you next time.